hello. Uh, we're moving to Seif Sadi Hay on Bilvavi, Chelik Aleph. And we've been speaking about providence, and now we're talking about Hitbonanut. Nitmakedata Techila. But Surashil Hitbonanut, Beshash Adam Katsavlo, Lehitbonanut. We're going to talk about now what a person should be thinking during the time that he has set aside, or she has set aside to be thinking. Kafi Shebwaleel. Benanasilatet Surat. Hashiva. We're going to try and give a, a structure of what we should be thinking. How a person will deal with Hashkacha uh, and every detail of Hashkacha. A person is sitting in their home. An hour of quiet. How we would be able to do this, I, I'm not sure, because quiet means uh, turning your phone off and leaving it out of the room, not being in a room with a computer, unplugging uh, your landline phone if you still have one, and um, locking the door maybe so that no one can come in. Panui mikol tirdota olam, totally clear of all the bothers of the world, which takes a lot of uh, of koach for a person to. To relate that when where Rabbi Nachman talks about hit bodadot, he actually suggests that you should do it at a time uh, when nothing is going on in your city, because there's a certain energy that that surrounds you when people are busy. Um, I very much that resonates with me because if if you get up very early in the morning to learn, it is a shat shaket. Uh, most people are not awake. The people who are awake don't live in your country, and there's no reason why they should think that you're awake. Uh, four o'clock in the morning. It's nine o'clock in the evening in America. It's it's uh, eleven o'clock in the morning in Melbourne. But but in Israel, it's four o'clock in the morning. It's very very quiet. It's not just quiet in the place that you open up the book. It's also quiet in your city. It's quiet in your country, and this quiet uh, has an effect on you. Ata, when you find this this hour, which is good for you, whatever is good for you, yit bonen. Think for a minute, who fixed that this should be my wife or my husband? Did I really fix the person that I married? Or really, uh, did God have much to do with it? Ask yourself the question in a question form. Said, and what Chazal said is true. Um, that forty days before the creation, before before the Vlad is even created, the embryo is created. That she is going to marry him, he is going to marry her, and this was ordained uh, before we were even had yet sirav vlad, before we even had a form of an embryo. Um, whether it it happens or not is a different question, but the fact that everyone has a zivu was fixed a long time before we were born into this world. Only God did, you know. When you think of someone like me, who who married a 
a, a, an Israeli girl, but she's not really an Israeli girl because her parents, my father-in-law's from Detroit, my mother-in-law's from Hartford, Connecticut. They came out when my, my wife was two and I, I'm born and bred British. Uh, my father's British, my mother's from Gibraltar. Who would have put those two people together? We didn't mix in any social area which was common, which is obvious because I didn't mix in any social area at all. I had nothing to do with it. So it should be clear to me. Because my, uh, my to-be or my wife was fixed to me from HaKadosh Baruch Rabim him the anything that comes from us, Hakona said, Barach, everything comes from God. It's Loi Barach Shemo, Enkizem Musak Shemosep Ula, who Eno Roe, et Koratoladot, and Odimikach. There's no way that God does an action without the absolute knowledge of all the ramifications of that action, of everything that will come from that action. Elamitchila, Galuvia, Dolafanava, Komamash. We know that, right? We know that from the Midrashim. Uh, at the end of uh, Megillah Rut, the Takodesh Baruch Hu saw, and and it says in the Megillah that David Amelech would would come from Rut uh, a number of generations later. That's Gufur That's what he wants. So and then you carry on thinking, and I I, I said there's some things that are easier to be clearly aware and internalize hashkacha. And there are other things where we, we convince ourselves that it's all to do with us. In the case of my shidduch, you know, it's, it's, just a, it's just a matter of different things coming together and it's clear it had nothing to do with me. Uh, we're more aware, perhaps, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement uh, when a baby is born and we can see how many things could go wrong, Khalila, and what a miracle it is. Even, even to get pregnant is a miracle. Um, so let's mamshich leit bonen bevayit sheni yoshev. I'm still sitting in my house. Mi kavashikan ani ago. Who said I would live where I live? Ha'im ani shechipasti harbe, praiti harbe dirota. I looked at many places. I saw many apartments. Sort of a soft dirazoma sachem benayin. In the end, I like this house. Ani kavati zot. I fixed it. Oshema. Perhaps. Hakadosh Baruch Hu kavazot. You know, someone put into my head when I was about. 16 years old that I that I should study in the yeshiva in the gush at that stage of my life I wasn't worthy to study in such a yeshiva I I knew very very basics I I, I couldn't tell a rashi from a toso and I couldn't tell a toso at all my Hebrew was not very very good but I had uh, my heart set on the gush and the gush at the time accepted all types of English people they didn't really test us and uh, I've never really left the Gush. You know, I went a few bits back, back to England, I was on Kibbutz for a bit, but I was always coming back to the Gush. I fixed I would live in the Gush? No, doesn't look like it. Kamosh Amru Chazal, Bat Kol to Machrezit, Dira Planet La Planet. Chazal say that, that God has attributed us a place to live. Akacha Adam Choshevim Bonein Latzmo, Shibzichlo Zebarov Yadua, Lo Shibre Chazalimet, Ela Sherishi, Psichlo Eno Choshev, Akacha, but we don't think about it much. We, we think that what we have in front of us is Masayadai, Kochivo, Simyadi, Asaliyat, Etachayanazet. This is going to come up right at the beginning of, of Devarim. It's one of the major worries of Moshe Rabbeinu. When you think about uh, Hashgacha in Tanakh, um, 
there is no machloket in Tanakh, and we take it for granted, perhaps. The reason we don't take it for granted so much now is because we're in the middle of it, um, because we're not of such a madrega. But, but it's Baro Lano, it's clear to us that in the Midbar, Am Yisrael uh, walked around Midbar, Bahashkacha Melea, they had a... Uh, they had a cloud a pi- they had a cloud over over the Mishkan and a pillar of fire and they had manna from heaven and they had uh, water from Be'er Miriam. Uh, we can elaborate further if we if we take the midrash if we're to take the midrash literally uh, the Anan even ironed their clothes, whatever type of clothes they had there. So, so all, all their um all their needs were catered for directly by Kodesh Baruch Hu, and they were viewing this Hashgacha, um, they were mamash, viewing it with their own eyes. The Wari Moshe Rabbeinu um, has and explains in the beginning of Sefer Tavarim is that when you go into the land and you start working the land, which is an ideal, there's a Chatam Sosha uh, in... in uh, in Masechet Sukkah, where the Khatam Sofa says it's not such a well-known Khatam Sofa, and I didn't know it because I learned Khatam Sofa, especially not on Gomorrah. I know it because I heard it being taught by Ramoti Elon, and I also, it comes up in Eim Habanim Samicha. The Khatam Sofa says uh, that Biyamota Mashiach, working the land of Israel, will be on a parallel to putting on Tefillin. Can you imagine that? We know how important putting on tefillin are. Even if you're not a boy, you know how important and how fundamental that is to the day in the life of a, of a Jewish man, a boy over B'mitzvah. The Chatam Sofa says that in Yomot Mashiach, working the land of Israel will be on a parallel level to wearing tefillin. But what is the worry when you work the land? When I work the land and manna is not being delivered to my door, um, exactly what I need, and it doesn't taste exactly what I want it to taste like, but I have to work the land. Working the land is, I, I did it for a little bit, I did it for a year of my life when I lived on Malik and I worked in Gadash, I worked in Gidule Sadeh, I worked in the Refet, I worked with the cows, but when I worked in Gidule Sadeh on that particular year, we were growing um, tomatoes, and uh, the tomatoes, um, you know, you sow the seeds, then you spend a lot of the winter months weeding and irrigating, making sure that it's getting exactly the right amount of water that it's meant to have. And, and the, the regulators of working irrigation of water are very, very um, fine and professional people. And then you see the tomato starts to grow. I don't even like tomatoes, but that's what we were growing. And you see the tomato starts to grow. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And uh, at some time, I think it was this time of the year, it was July, June, July, August of, of my first year and only real year living on kibbutz. It was time to harvest the tomatoes. And they had a combine harvester, to, which was an incredible machine that brought the tomatoes out of the ground. And we sat, we stood on top of this. I didn't drive this particular tractor. I certainly wasn't able to, not, not skilled enough. And the tomatoes come up on a conveyor belt and you have to separate the good from the bad. And um, unbelievable. And you work on these tomatoes. You've really been working on, um, on these tomatoes all, uh, all, all of the year. And honestly, honestly, I know it probably sounds uh, extreme to the city people, but, um, but you feel like you've, you've just made a baby. You know, the, the, this, this is your tomato. You've nurtured these tomatoes. 
This is a field of thousands of tomatoes, but you've nurtured them. And Moshe Rabbeinu's worry is that uh, when a person then takes that tomato, puts it on his plate, he'll have this incredible feeling of kochiva or semiyazi, I did this, uh, I made this. It, it gets even more problematic, mele a farmer, because a farmer is aware of how, how easily things can go wrong. But, um, but a person who just gets a tomato sauce on his table, uh, or a person who gets a loaf of bread on his table and hasn't really <coughs> followed the process from sowing uh, the grains and uh, harvesting the wheat and then putting it through a mill and so on and so forth, all you see is a loaf of bread in front of you. It, it's fairly obvious that Moshe's worry is a real worry. That person's going to say, Look, you are transitioning from a situation in the Midbar where you were being educated for 40 years that, uh, that God is giving you everything. And now, because... There are certain mediums between us and God. There are certain processes. This optical illusion appears to us that we're the ones who did it. Of course, you know, ladies, you know only too well that it's a bad winter. And a bad winter does, just doesn't mean rain, no rain. A bad winter can mean bad rain. It can be hard rain at the wrong time, just as you sowed the seeds, heavy rain. It can mean frost and snow, which can freeze and kill plants. Uh, there's, there are so many things uh, conditional to a, a crop coming out the way it should come out. Uh, the, the farmer is, is surely aware, emunat itecha, is surely aware of the emunat that is required um, for, uh, for farming. But, but us, the, the city people who go to the supermarket and pick up uh, the finished product, we are so distant from the process that so we need to make brachas, right? We have to make brachas to remind ourselves that God created this. How many times a day do we say this pasuk, this verse, this bracha? That if God decides it's not going to be, it's not going to be. And if there's not going to be water, there's not going to be water. And every so often there is a human uh, uh, technological creation that, 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 that puts us slightly off off balance in our belief in Israel is something that I could never have imagined growing up in England. Uh, in Israel, you know, certainly once I was in irrigation, I became fully aware of this. Someone who grows up in England doesn't pray for rain with a lot of kavana because it rains all the time. As I've said to many of you American girls, if you want to visit England, the best thing to do is go into the shower with your clothes on and turn the lights off. As it rains, it just rains and rains. That's why the countryside in England is so beautiful. It's so green. It's so beautiful. If you're lucky enough to get a good day uh, where the sun is out. But, but because it rains, it rains a lot. So coming from England, coming to Israel, well, suddenly rain was an issue. You come to the winter and rain is an issue. And you're looking out for rain and you're happy when it rains. It's mamash to this day. To this day, after 33 years in Israel, uh, it brings a smile to my face when it's raining. When it's raining hard, we're, we're all happy about it. Uh, and now, of course, they've created a certain... Uh, a certain technological uh, media through which they can uh, transform seawater into drinking water. And this has taken an enormous amount of pressure off, off, off people because obviously the, there is an enormous amount of sea in the world and the sea surrounds Israel to a large degree. We have a, lot, we have a, a Mediterranean all across the west of Israel and we have a lot of sea. And to a degree, it has reduced the immediate worry of, of, of water, which, of course, then gets your yates working on you, so we don't really need to pray for rain anymore. We're not so lachuz over the rain. 
So Kochi Vodzim Yadi Asali Etachal Azeh is a worry that Moshe has. Um, we are so uh, aware of Hashgacha in 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 the Bible, in in the forty years of the Midbar. But more than that, ladies, as I've told you, when we have learned the Shior in in the introduction to the Book of Shoftim, the Book of Shoftim, there's no two ways to read the introduction to the Book of Shoftim. The first barrack in the Book of Shoftim is very very clear in its description of a cycle. Um, and it's not a parish of Rashi or the Radak or the Malbim. It's in the Psukim. The Psukim say very, very clearly that when we when we sinned, God punished us, and then we did Teshuva, and uh, he he brought a, a savior. That's what the Book of Shoftim is. It's really a list of, of heroic people who saved Am Yisrael all in all in in times of trouble. The, the end of the book is a bit different. Uh, and then once we were at peace and things were okay, we started sinning again and God brought another wicked person and uh, we were oppressed and then we prayed to God. And there's a certain cycle here at the beginning of Sefer Shoftim. That's very clear. You, do, you don't need to be a... Um, uh, uh, a scientist, uh, an incredible academic to see the picture here. It doesn't say that we lost wars because we had bad strategy or the uh, army general was a fool. It says we lost wars because we sinned. That's what it says, and that's what the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah says. Did the arms of Moshe uh, win or lose a war? No. It's when Am Yisrael look klape mala omeshabdim et libam laavihem shabashu. It's a mission Rosh Hashanah, right? Then we 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 become subservient to our Kodesh Baruch in Shemayim. Then we will win our wars. Leiman de Palig, no academic or philosopher will stand up at the beginning of Shoftim and deny that that is the story of uh, of Shoftim. No one, no one will deny that because that is the story of Shoftim. Um, Moshe is very, very worried about it. So we need to think, just because things have become, have become more detached and just because we don't have a prophet today to explain these things to us doesn't mean that they have ceased to exist. So when, again, I don't want to um, encourage complacency, but when something's happening in the world, it is not simply enough and and I admit, we don't have the guidance of a Navi, and however great the rabbis are today, uh, they don't know why things happen. They don't know. Whatever they say, I'm telling you they don't know. Not because I don't know, because I'm not such a, a clever rabbi, but they don't know, because we don't have Navim today, and, and they really don't know. And to, to tell you that something was going to happen after it happened isn't really a great chokhmah. Someone once told me, I was in Miami the week after Yitzhak Rabin was killed, he said to me, I'll prove you in Tanakh. The Yitzhak Rabbi was going to be killed last week. And I said, what a chokhmalogu. I got very upset with him. I said, you know, Israel was on the verge of civil war. Uh, and I, thought, I said, I don't understand. Why didn't you tell us last week before he was killed? Then we could have stopped it. I mean, what's the chokhmah to, to prove it afterwards that it was going to happen? The Tanakh's not a computer game. We don't have Nevi'im to tell us why things are happening. But as thinking and believing Jews, we should be aware of this. And we can't come to solid conclusions because we don't know. But... You know, when we, you and I, relate to Corona, and uh, we relate, that, that's just an example I'm bringing, it's what comes to my mind at the moment. Uh, clearly, we have, to, um, we have to deal with the, uh, the reality of finding a vaccination and curing people and the technical things here. But that's it. That is our only histaklut on Corona. That's all we, we're going to look at. And when things are going on and when... Uh, and when and bad things are happening in the world, all we're going to look is at the technical reason why they happened, or is there a different message? 
Uh, and again, not a message that I can say this is the message, but a thinking Jew that, that understands that things aren't just happening because human beings are doing them. They're happening because God wants them to happen. And sometimes we're left, abs- we're left absolutely speechless with, without real answers. Uh, but it's something to sit down and think about and, and not be so cozy in our self-confidence that this is what I did and this is what we did. Um, so we have to talk further in this area of providence. I am due to, to fly to South Africa Hashem, on Wednesday night. Um, I will take my book with me and try when I can to, uh, to leave some messages. I will also try and, uh, and um, record uh, some of the shirim that I do then and, and put them on here. So I might go a bit off subject because I never really do that anyway. Have a good day.